Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be my initial thoughts and sort of first impressions about Solstice of Heroes this time around, ending season of Opulence. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can probably catch me live right now. Twitch.tv slash say no to rage i stream every day i usually start around the time that these hit the feeds so come on and hang out join us for the conversations as well as you can check out the other stream stop episodes i've been doing about streaming uh the reason i wanted to give my first impressions of, of solstice of heroes is we talked about it on the rageous roundtable last night and i've been getting mixed feedback from the community people say it's too grindy people don't like the way that it's set up I have mixed feelings about it. So I want to kind of talk about the grind because that's like the primary thing a lot of people are setting their sights on. They're like, it's too grindy. Others are saying, no, it's totally fine. Uh, I want to talk about the loot, you know, what they did with the loot. I think they could have done a little bit more. Uh, Overall, I've been kind of happy with how they have it set up, but I think they could have done something a little bit extra with the loot, especially with the new environment, the EAZ. And then lastly, I want to talk about PVE, PVP, and Gambit. Like those are sort of your three tentpole places in the game right now where you had you kind of have to go into all of them for solstice and i'm going to talk about why are they still continuing to make us go into content that we maybe aren't really wanting to play whether it's gambit crucible or the like i i, I think that needs to be addressed because i understand why they're doing it but they continue to do this with activities and, and and things like solstice and i don't know if it's a good idea anymore i don't know if it's achieving their aims so first let's just talk about the grind I think these little micro grinds are actually really addicting. So when you get your solstice armor, I have my my you know my first piece here is the helmet for the warlock. An EAZ run completed, precision final blows, cabal defeated. Little micro grinds attached to all the pieces. I don't have all the other pieces yet. I basically got my hunter to the place where he needs to do gambit and crucible and I'm going to do that off stream. Uh, cuz I'm not a fan of gambit and crucible. I think those micro grinds are really really satisfying there is something enjoyable about those micro checkboxes you know I, I loved doing things in d1 like that i did the the gunsmith bounties and people were like why are you doing the gunsmith bounties i just liked doing it every week you could check the rolls you know chisel away at you know getting the the gunsmith rollovers as well you know doing all of his bounties i really really liked doing that and i think that They've found a really good way, I think, of setting up micro grinds within a within a large grind, which is the whole armor set. And I would love to see them do similar things to armor sets in other places like the raid. Guys, thanks for the resubs. I'll read them after the segment. So I would love to see them do that. Like take this idea of here's your green armor drops from the raid, and then you do little micro things on them, level them up, get different perks to unlock, different you know different things to unlock on the raid gear. That would be great because I love that. That would be another reason for them to let you run raids multiple times. They can start to look at all armor sets, whether it's in something like Gambit, the raid, or the like, and that can be another way for them to say, here's something for you to work on throughout the days and throughout the weeks that you're playing. It gives you that sense of progression, and that would be a little bit of a better sense of progression beyond just that 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 sort of infusion blitz and leveling milestone blitz that we do whenever there's a new season or new content. This would be another way for us to feel that sense of investment in our gear. Now, the thing I want to say about the grind, though, is it isn't meant to be done in a day or a week. You've got a month to do this. This is not... I'm I'm basically a cup like I did I did a little bit yesterday and a little bit today and my hunter is close to rolling every everything over into blue. I obviously got to play 
10 Gambit or Crucible matches, and that's like the final piece. But that's after like barely any time. I mean, I didn't do a lot. I didn't really put a lot of time into it, and I'm already ready to roll one character over, pretty close to rolling one character over into blue. If you chisel away at this over the month, I think it could be an enjoyable grind for the people that put in a couple hours a day. It gives you that sense of progression. I think that's why micro grinds are so appealing. If you play for two hours or 10 hours, you set the controller down, and you feel like you've got something accomplished. You've, you've moved the needle. You know, you've got you've gotten some progress, and I think they need to do more things like this and I think that's why it's totally okay to have some of these grinds be significant you know people are like well 100 mini bosses is a bit much I do think sometimes you end up with pieces of the grind that are like a nail sticking up and you get snagged on it and it takes too long and that's why people look for cheeses they want to hammer that down so maybe they should consider not always you know not having those outlier grinds within the micro grinds but over overall I think it's totally fine to have something like this take a while small investments each day over the weeks is exactly how I'm going to approach it and I think that's probably the way that most of the community is going to end up landing on this the no you know the no lifers no offense I mean I'm not saying that in a mean way the no lifers and the people that play like crazy and get it done really, really quickly. That's just, that's their choice. That's their prerogative. But I think they're the ones that are maybe a little bit more vocal about the grind because they they hit those snags quicker than the rest of us. Now let's talk about the loot. I, I've always enjoyed whenever they do this, you know, and somebody in chat could maybe answer me, is the only way to get the glows from Eververse with actual money or can you get them other ways? I'm actually not clear on that, so we can get an answer to that while I talk about the armor and the glows. I think they look super dope. I love the idea of leveling up armor. It gives you that investment. You know, you, you can feel that sense of accomplishment as you're working through. Um, people are saying you can buy them with both dust and silver. Okay, so you can buy them both with dust and silver, but they can't be earned in any way um a lot of the stuff you know being in the eververse like that i'm not a huge fan of that but i understand it's a free event and having little capstone celebrations like glows being in the eververse for a free event i think is okay i I don't think there's anything necessarily wrong or you know there's nothing scummy about that it's it's a free event where you can grind get the armor sets and if you want the glows you can use your bright dust or silver and you know the bright dust you might be running a little bit low on because people have been making more purchases probably in this season because of the way they changed the eververse so if your bright dust stores are running low you might have to dip in and you know use some silver but you don't need the glows it's not for loot it's an ornamental cosmetic vanity addition and that's why i'm okay with it being set up in that way now the armor has always looked dope and i've always thought that's been good but i think they missed an opportunity here for guns there could have been some guns. You have a new activity. You have the EAZ, and you have bosses. That would have been a great place to put some cool, unique guns. That's more ornaments you can sell. That's more glows you could sell. A couple of guns that look kind of like the armor. They could have, you know, they, you don't need to go crazy with the rolls right now. Give them, give them good potential rolls, just like some of the really, really good and god potential rolls that we got in the Menagerie. Throw a couple of guns in there. Make them look dope make them look kind of like the armor, throw a glow on there, and then people... Now, the reason that I'm saying this is because that would add another sort of investment grind attached to the EAZ. So while you're working on the mini-bosses, your consolation and your comfort would be, well, I'm getting chances and I'm getting opportunities to get the, the guns. 
you know, that are dropping. And I know people in chat are saying they're saving guns for Shadowkeep. Even if they were just cool-looking with, like, pretty basic roles, Outlaw Rampage, things that we're accustomed to chasing, it doesn't matter. It would be one more thing to kind of keep you in the EAZ and not make it so painful when you're working on stuff like the mini-bosses. That's just another reason to run that loop. I said this about the the Haunted Forest, about the Verdant Forest. Like, give us unique drops from those 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 bosses. So I have a reason just to hang out in there all day, and it wouldn't be so bad as you're working on the mini bosses and some of the other things you got to do for the armor. Lastly, I want to talk about PVE, PVP, and Gambit. Because Bungie continues to do this thing where they launch an event like this and it requires you to go into other pockets of the game that you ordinarily may not want to go into. And I don't know how much is gained anymore after this many years. This, you know, the franchise is pretty established. How much are you actually gaining by making folks go into sides of the game that they don't enjoy? Now, I know nobody's making you, and I know Bungie would say, we offer a lot of variety of activities. If you want to get a full armor set to celebrate your presence in the game, we we you know we want you, we, we've tied that to multiple activities. I hear the reasoning. I know that sounds good, but I don't know if they're achieving as much as maybe they're hoping it leads to people afking to throwing to you know playing in ways that are sort of against the grain of the of the content you got all these people that got gambit for free and now you've got gambit games getting sort of sullied and messed up by afkers now afk player seems to be more of a problem on con uh, i'm sorry on pc than on console so if you're playing on the ps4 where there's more more people in the player base you're probably less likely to run into afkers afkers are more prone to be on pc too because they can set up the macro a lot easier so to me, I get why, but I don't know if this is a good move at this point. Here's one of the reasons that it probably is still going to continue to happen, though. PvP players can't really do everything in PvP. I mean, maybe somebody would push back and say, no, they definitely could, Lono, but 90% of the game is PvE, you know? And if, so if you're going to give people full armor sets to celebrate, you know, moments of triumph, solstice of heroes, that's sort of a theme, it does make sense to make people go into strikes and nightfalls and public events and patrols and things of that nature you're going into other pockets of the game and so I get it PvP players need to keep that in mind that most of the game is is PvE so that's probably why this is going to continue to happen I just wonder if there's better ways to give players options do this or this do this or this so they can kind of stay in the pockets of the game that they enjoy instead of sort of dragging their their weekly and daily experience through the muck and the mire of 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 environments that they don't enjoy if they don't like gambit if they don't like crucible that's not a great celebratory feeling yay solstice of heroes let's celebrate everything we've done and all we've worked on by going into pieces of the game that i have no interest in i don't think it's a good move i'm not going to bang on this drum too hard but i think they need to consider that for future pieces of content like this if you're listening to this on itunes google play spotify or watching on youtube the q a is about to follow as always i appreciate you listening and watching to all my content please like share and subscribe Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be the Q&A session that followed my talk about my initial thoughts of the Solstice grind, the loot, uh, and how it's being experienced. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always catch me live, twitch.tv slash say no to rage. I'm probably live right now. That's typically when these hit the feeds. So come on in and join. If I'm not live, you can always hit the follow button. Uh, Thank you, Vazer, for 41 months. Not a lot of people can hit for 41 months. Let's jump right into the questions. 
John Wallies. Thoughts on Shattered Throne coming this week and not the last week of the event for the Masterwork step? Well, they did confirm you'll be able to Masterwork beyond the event. Uh, that was confirmed by Dylan. I'm not sure where he confirmed that, but it ended up on... It ended up pretty much everywhere. People were retweeting it, and it might have been on Reddit or something. He did confirm that you will be able to Masterwork the armor beyond the event, and I think a lot of people were worried about that because they were like, well, wait, I, I don't understand. I need Shattered Throne. You know, how am I going to do that if I if I didn't go crazy week one? So, um, don't worry. You'll be able to do it. And they that answer has been already uh, put out there. Beefy G Express. Will there be significant benefits to having all three character armor sets as opposed to main and earning others uh, during Shadowkeep? I mean... My thought process on it is this. The minute you go into Shadowkeep, having 2.0 already is probably going to be nice for maybe unforeseen reasons right now. But I think, in general, whenever you're sort of ahead of the curve, I I don't necessarily know if you're even going to want to use the Solstice Armor, though, once you start really grinding and getting some of the new armor. My hope is always that when they launch new content, there's new loot and you feel more driven to chase that new loot than use your present. But, you know, your initial grind usually in content, I don't know if I've ever felt weak. Like when they launched Forsaken, when they launched Rise of Iron, when they launched Taken King, I've never been like, oh my gosh, I'm so weak, I wish I would have done X, Y, and Z before the season starts. Usually you're thinking, I wish I had more X, Y, Z material. Right? You're not necessarily thinking, oh, I wish I would have grinded for more armor or more this or more that. Usually it's, oh, I wish I would have put more time in to get mats and currencies and things needed, you know, for the various things that you're trying to do. That's typically my thought process. Um, I think people want to get it now because it's cool to get armor 2.0 now and get a look at it and get a glimpse at you know, what it looks like and, and to have it in your inventory. Slayer X. Do you feel like the legendary Solstice armor grind was worse last year or this year? I'll be honest, I haven't done some of the grind that is less enjoyable. I'm just going to do like Gambit and Crucible off stream. I'm not going to AFK it, but I can boot up my laptop and just play very casually sitting on the couch with my wife, not necessarily paying that much attention to what's going on, just checking those boxes. That kind of goes hand in hand with why I said I don't know how much benefit there is to making people go into pieces of the game that they don't readily enjoy because they either AFK it or they, you know, they're going to do what I'm going to do. They just kind of go in and just don't give a frick what happens because they're just checking the box. Um, so, but as far as it being better or worse, I didn't like the first, I didn't like last year's. I didn't like going into content and dealing with Delta and being weak. It just it felt like going into those original missions and having it be really hard was a cool idea, but I ended up just feeling very I don't know, I just felt real squishy and died real easy and I don't I don't remember enjoying myself. I remember being annoyed during the Solstice grind. Like I liked it, but I also remember being annoyed. It was just kind of like, dude, I don't want to do this. And then you had to do it on each character. So it was sort of like, a, you know, hey, you think you're done? Yeah, you're not done kind of a thing. Um, and you do it on each character. That's always an issue, you know, I think. Um, that's always an issue anytime you're you're dealing with a, a grind like that is 
it's you've got to do it on your other characters and nobody ever wants to do that after the first go around and so I think that's one of the reasons this grind's hurting too. I saw we've saw we've seen good suggestions like your other characters should it should be faster, right? It should be way way faster. Um, and I think when you do that, you give people the opportunity to say, uh, you know, hey, I'm gonna. I'm going to do this first character, it's going to be kind of rough, but then everything else after this is going to go quicker. You know, everything else is going to be a little bit faster. That's always nice. They, they did something like that with Iron Banner, didn't they? Where, like, it went faster near the end of the week. Um, I think they could easily do something like that with Solstice next time around. You know, your second and third characters just go quicker, you know? I think it could be, I think that that could be, that could be a better way to set it up. Next question from Mr. Cuddles. I really love the EAZ, and I feel like it's one of the best to me. What are some things that you think they could do to make it even better? Also, how is New York? Oh, well, thanks for asking. Well, first and foremost, New York was amazing. I finally got to shoutcast Fortnite. There's three more shows that'll be airing August, September, and October on the Microsoft Store channels, both on Mixer and Twitch. Me shoutcasting uh, the Intel Game Night main event Fortnite. Hopefully that leads to other opportunities. I love shoutcasting and hosting. So, that was it was an amazing experience microsoft studio in downtown new york getting to do that hopefully i get invited back because they were really they were really impressed none of them believed me that it was my first time ever officially shoutcasting so everybody in production was very uh impressed and really enjoyed what i brought so <clears throat> hopefully more as far as things to make the eaz better i kind of covered this in my talk i said um i just did that without the helmet on i'm a freaking genius uh I basically having having there be like weapons dropping would be really cool I feel like because one of the things I think that makes a grind more enjoyable is when you're you're sort of you're given the opportunity um, to just farm for something while you're grinding so I think I think a lot of the times what ends up happening is the reason people look for cheeses is there's no other reason to be in there. You're like, there's no reason to be in this activity other than to get 100 mini-boss kills. But if you knew at the end of every run there was a chance of getting some cool weapon, um, or at the very least, uh, not even a cool weapon, but getting a chance at a cool weapon. Like, there could be random rolls. And the weapons don't have to be even amazing. Just make them look like all the Solstice stuff, right? I think that would have been a really great way of um, them giving you the you know, them giving you the opportunity to not just feel like you have to cheese it. Because I, I just think that's one of the main problems with it in general is that you you end up feeling like well, the only way I'm getting this done is by cheesing it. Instead of being like, oh, no worries, I'm, I'm slowly getting the mini-bosses, but I'm also working on getting the, I'm getting, you know, a chance at a gun every time. I think that's, I think that's a better way of doing it. Because EAZ, I said the same thing about the Verdant Forest and the Haunted Forest. It's like, why not have the bosses rotate and have a cool drop at the end, right? Why not? Like, what's preventing them from doing that? So... 
CP4 Gators. After reading Paul Tassi's 10 Things I Wish I Knew Before Starting Article, how can Bungie make the finer points of some of these events more clear, uh, or do you think they're fine as is? Sometimes I wonder if they daisy-chain... Like, they daisy-chain the... the quest steps so much that you end up... You, you do, you get a little bamboozled. You're like, oh, frick, I didn't know about that, or, oh, shoot, I didn't know that we could do that. Or, oh, that's a better way of doing it. Um, maybe that's one of the benefits that you get from running multiple characters is that when you get to the other characters, you're, you're, you're more efficient, you're faster, you've understood. There's like some shortcuts and things you can do, stacking bounties, for example, things of that nature. Um, I just don't know if it's, if, it's, if it's on purpose. Do they mean to say like, I, you know, hey, this is just stuff you kind of find out as you go. Or is it is it meant to be a oh you'll 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 do, go through your first time and then you'll be faster at it your second time, um, you know I I'm not actually sure. I, one of the oh I wish I knew this before I started such and such game. There's a lot of blogs and articles that 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 do that, and I think the reason they do it is number one people like it. It's helpful. It's good content. It's it's probably a very helpful article by Paul. Um, but I think in general, that's just for early adopters. People that dive in first and try and blitz, like leveling and stuff. You know, you remember when people were trying to level, the people that waited benefited. Because they would watch, right? They would watch like, oh, look, you know, so-and-so figured out you can do this, 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 and this, and you'll get some good level bumps. And so the people that hadn't been leveling learned from them. They hadn't like, they didn't blow all their... They didn't blow all their milestones in the wrong order and stuff. Early adopters always kind of learn those hard lessons. That's just kind of the way of the road, you know? Just the way of the road. I mean, there's there's nothing you can... I don't think... If you get too hand-holdy, it might be obnoxious. I mean, truly, it might be obnoxious. Like, do this, then this, then this, then this. Like, some of it, I think that freedom uh, is good because you're, you're giving people... That, that element of discovery and that sense of reward from doing things in the right way or, or in the right order. So I don't expect Bungie to hold my hand for every quest step. You know, I like when you can stack things, um, but I think maybe some people's frustrations were like, I didn't know there was going to be challenges. I already did all my milestones. Or I didn't know I was going to need to turn in bounties. I already turned in a bunch of bounties. I think that's when people can feel a little bit bamboozled. Um, by the, the 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 quest structure, um, and I, I I think I can relate to that. I think I can relate to the idea of like, man, I that's kind of a bummer. I would have saved those bounties. I feel bamboozled. But if you're running multiple characters, that's a benefit, right? That's a that's a perk of having multiple characters is that the other characters end up being more efficient. This area really reminds me of that one Titanfall map in Titanfall One, jumping through the windows and the all the different things. Taz of Miami. How do you feel about people farming or glitching glory rank? Mainly players that don't like or run PvP and they want to get the weapons that can only be gotten in comp. I mean, I would always say there should be things in place to stop people from cheesing content and glitching content. You know, if there's ways to prevent or minimize AFKers, you know, stuff like that. I just don't know if that's a front burner issue right now. If someone basically wants to not play the game, um, 
and try to get free stuff, basically. You know, I, I don't know if Bungie needs to spend a lot of man hours trying to fix that. You know, I, I just don't know. I don't know if that's a if that's a big if that's a big priority. How how damaging is that to the to the experience for people right now? You know, how because whenever I bring it up, a lot of people are like, "Oh, that's all I see. That's all that I that I encounter is AFKers." And there's other people that are like, "Dude, I never ever encounter AFKers. Like, I don't know what you're talking about." Um, so I think sometimes it gets blown out of proportion. I think sometimes you have people that are having a a, a greater experience with it because maybe they play it on, you know, it seems like maybe the AFKers are more prominent on PC. Then you know they are on the consoles and stuff like that, so it could be it could be something like that too that it gets blown out of proportion, and in the grand scheme of preparation for Shadowkeep, new light, cross save, new content, uh, and you know cheaters and DDoSers, is people doing AFK farms? Is that a is that a huge huge problem? Probably not. It's probably a it's probably something that needs addressed, but I don't know if it's like a front burner issue. Because sometimes we just have to accept the fact that, like, Bungie can't fix everything right this minute. Um, they can't, they can't always say, oh, we got people AFKing, well, what can we do? Uh, obviously, they could try to do, like, an idle, an idle protection thing, but that's not, that's not even guaranteed to work, because people that use the macros or rubber band their controllers. Chronic Haze. Lono, love your stream. What are your thoughts on the armor only being the only 2.0 armor that can carry over? I really like the Iron Banner set I grinded for. I mean, my hope would be that they would let you either, you know, obviously grind for it again. Um, Because my question to you would be, since you really like your Iron Banner set that you grinded for, do you never want to grind for anything else? Because you have to flesh out the logic of what you're saying. You basically did, wouldn't need to ever grind for any more Iron Banner armor, which then takes Bungie off the hook. They don't have to add new perks. They don't have to add, make the armor look cooler. They don't have to do any of those things. They can just let you continue to use that. So I think there's always that there's always that soft pressure to be like, hey, Bungie needs to give us new things to chase and give us that soft, you know, incentive and prodding to move away from the, you know, the, the stuff that we're using now. And I think that's where people get really frustrated with a lot of my views on this because I'm like, it's a loot pursuit game. You have to get to a point where you're chasing the new loot and leaving behind the old loot. And a lot of people just end up, they don't agree with me on that. Um, so for me, it's like, now people are saying, hopefully you can use it as an or- ornament. Maybe they'll do that specifically for Iron Banner. They'll say, you know, all previous Iron Banner sets can be used as ornaments. It seemed to me that they indicated that ornamental system was for Eververse armor only, and that could be applied on any... Um, that could be applied to any EDZ... I'm sorry, that could be applied to any legendary armor acquired after Shadowkeep. So any legendary armor you, you acquire after Shadowkeep launches, you can put Eververse armor like ornaments basically on it so if there's an ornament set if there's an eververse set from you know season two that you really liked uh then you can use that as an ornament i don't know if that's going to be every single um 
armor piece. It it didn't. It, it, the language that they use seemed to indicate that that's not the case. Uh, that you would be able to do with Eververse. So I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. Um, Iron Banner is its own animal, though, so I could see them giving Iron Banner its own its own sort of treatment. Uh, to say, well, hey, if you you know you got that Iron Banner set and you really really like it. You can now use the new Iron Banner armor pieces if you earn them as ornaments on those old sets. If you really, really like your, uh, if you really like your 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 rolls or whatever. Because I always want Bungie to feel the pressure to make new dope stuff, new perks, new power. Uh, obviously, you want things to look cool too. You want new aesthetics, new things to chase. Um, and I think sometimes we we understandably we become attached to our gear and because we become attached to our gear we fight for things that in many respects might be illogical in a loot based game because to a certain extent while I understand the perspective of I love my gear and want to keep using my gear it's somewhat illogical to, to make it as to make it to where you basically use that gear for forever right leaving stuff behind is just sort of the natural trajectory of games like this Killja Boy says what do you think separates hardcore players in Destiny from the regular crowd is it weapons triumphs or something else it depends on the players you know motivation so a hardcore player that loves PvP their weekly engagement is going to look a lot different than mine it's, it's going to look totally different than mine um, you know they're going to be in PvP they're going to be grinding out comp or something uh, they're going to be working on the PvP Crucible. Uh, I'm sorry, the PvP Pinnacle. They're going to be trying to get that. But we may both feel like that we're, you know, we're, we're quote-unquote hardcore players, and we put in lots of time each week into different things. Um, I'm like, I I put in hardcore hours, but I'm way I play like a casual now. I don't like running raids. I you know I don't like doing any of that stuff. I just I play like a casual. I just kind of cruise through the game, do my thing, talk with you guys, and then that's kind of the end of it. Um, I just think that at the at the at the end of the day, when you're looking at hardcore versus casual, a lot of the times it's it's not even time; it's like sentimentality. If you put in two hours a night and you average ten hours a week, and you're like, "Oh, I have you know I have less time in than Lono." Um, that doesn't necessarily mean that you're not a hardcore player. You just put in less time. Putting in less time doesn't necessarily make you a quote-unquote casual. You may love the game. You may be a day one beta player, day one alpha player, um, but you're just not able to put in, you know, that kind of that kind of that that kind of time. So you end up putting in less time, but you still are a hardcore player. You know, when did that guy make his account? Been following since June. Yo, uh, Stokes Theorem, you're in timeout. But stop spamming another language in chat. No one can read what you're saying. So it's, I mean, I guess you, you can copy and paste uh, Japanese or Chinese characters and think you're cute. But stop it. It's obviously not achieving anything. People don't know what you're saying. Um, it's glow. 
Do you think the grind for the Solstice armor would not have been as monotonous if they incorporated other parts of the game, such as Escalation Protocol, Blind Well, Menagerie, even Reckoning, instead of just Strikes, Patrols, and Public Events? Paul Tassi made a really good point about this yesterday. Um, because it's a free event, they had to they they had to let people basically do anything that's non-DLC content. I think to a certain extent they can they can very in, in, in a not good way they can paint themselves into a corner with these free events at this point is the engaged player base that do they, do they really not own anything from year one you know vanilla players can't do the gambit step yes they can because they made gambit free to all players that's why they did that so to me it's like this is, this is a potential danger of new light, and it's a potential danger of you know, free free entry point. You're going to have all these players that don't own Forsaken. They don't own, you know, the Forges. They don't own any of that stuff. So anytime they do a free event, they can't funnel you through that content. I don't know. It's just it's just one of those things where it's like are are you going are you going to continue to make it basically say we got to limit it to vanilla we got to limit it to the free stuff you know It just it just that that in my mind it's like are are we actually going to are we actually going to always limit these events to just the free stuff Now the the good news is with new light it's all of curse it's all of warmind so that includes escalation protocol and that includes, you know, the Osiris Forge, if they ever want to use that again. But I don't know. I would be concerned about the limitations of that. 32 months for Mr. Junior Ice, thank you. Like, are we... Are we are we limiting the scope of, like, what they could do with all future free events by being like, well, it's a free event, so we can't have it attached to any DLC content. I guess the only real thing in Forsaken and Beyond would be the forges from Black Armory, Reckoning, Blind Well, and then the Menagerie. If you could include all of those, I mean, think about that. Escalation Protocol, the forges, Blind Well, Reckoning, and the Menagerie. That's a lot of different stuff. You could really make it so instead of doing like a hundred mini bosses, you could thin it out and be like, do a couple of things in all these different pockets of the game. So people felt like they were really playing a lot of variety, but you can't do that. If it's a free event, they have to do the stuff that's free. They have to do that's basically non DLC oriented. And I think that limitation might end up hurting them in the long run, not in a big way, but it might just hurt the, the free events a little bit. Because to me, who are the people diving into these free events this long into the franchise life that don't own any DLC, you know? How many of those players are there, and are they going to be... Is there enough of them, and are they going to be that upset to be like, oh, we can't do... We can't do the Solstice grind because we don't own Forsaken or Warmind or whatever. Twisted Mentat. Do you think the armor upgrades were poorly optimized for fire teams? and were created for solo play in mine. Uh, is there is this a glimpse into the MMO aspect being foreshadowed for the future? Do you think the armor upgrades were poorly optimized for fire teams? I don't I don't think so. A lot of it seems to go easier if you have a fire team. A lot of it seems to go faster if you have a fire team and you're organized and you're communicating. So no, I don't think so. I think your premise is completely false 
and even if your premise was granted, is this a glimpse into MMO aspect? I don't solo focused anything doesn't jive with MMO. MMO literally means a massive multiplayer online game. Like I that that doesn't jive with a massive multiplayer game. You're playing with other people. You're playing with you're partying up. You're grouping up in those games. So even if I granted your premise, that doesn't seem connected to MMO at all. Solo focus just doesn't seem connected to it. CP4 Gators, do you have any practical solutions for how to solve the AFK problem on PC? I don't, I, other than just re- people, you know, if, if, if people report them, if you get, if you get 20 unique reports of AFK in a certain time frame, you should just get kicked to orbit. And like, you should get like a temporary ban. The odds of people doing that. 20 unique different people from a bunch of different games reporting you for AFK that no nobody could do that as a troll there's no way to organize that now streamers could get hit but it would have to be reports from people that were in your game so I guess people could try to stream snipe get in your game get in enough games in a row and report you but even that wouldn't be enough because the organization for that would be ridiculous you'd have to have six people stream sniping and six more people stream sniping like you'd have to set the number high enough that nobody could really take advantage of it like watching a streamer like oh we're gonna watch you know triple rec queue up here in pvp we'll just keep stream sniping when every time we get into one of his games we'll report him for afk and if you're reporting him for afk and he's getting kills then that's a that's another protective layer right you're not gonna get you're not gonna get kicked for AFK, kicked to orbit, and put in like a timeout if you're actually getting kills and stats in a game. You you could put layers into place where the only real people getting banned temporarily for you know twelve hours or whatever for AFKing would be people that are actually AFKing. Twenty unique reports, almost no kill activity, no kill feed activity in the game for those twenty games. It shouldn't be that hard to set up algorithms to catch these people. You know, I don't know. Four months from Darth Link. Thank you. Thank you so much for four months. Zers Ahamkara. Why is everyone in Rumble AFK? Do you get loot or something? I think people think it's the fastest way to get the 10 games of Crucible or whatever. Uh, I don't know if you're getting loot or not. Maybe they're just doing it for the free valor. I don't know. But a lot of people are probably doing it for this is a fast way for me to get 10 games of Crucible. You know, every Crucible game takes close to 10 minutes and they can set up an AFK and they can walk away and they come back in two hours. They go to the store, they go to the gym, whatever, and they come back and they're done. Hmong. Lono, the Solstice armor this time around seems to be more of a grind than last year, green and blue set. Do you think this is to prolong the grind and duration after hearing you talk about this being filler content it made a lot more sense oh yeah I definitely think they set this up to be a long burn Uh, not a long burn I'm sorry a slow burn they set this up to be a slow burn you're meant to be doing this over the month you're not meant to boot up and do this in the first week and I think that's where that's why people go to judge it and they're like they they judge it against the backdrop of a of an expectation and a, and, a, and a play rhythm that just isn't in line with the design of it. They designed it to basically be something that you do over weeks, not over a period of days. So, Smack versus the world. 
How is this for an idea? Visit the specific vendor for tasks that can be used to upgrade the armor however you like. Shaq Zavala Hawthorne for raids. I mean, to upgrade the armor however you like. Oh, 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 you mean the solstice armor. I mean, yeah, I'd be okay with that. You could basically say, well, I'm a more PvE-minded player. And so you go to Shax, and he says, here's your here's your solstice quest line for the green armor set. And you do all those things. And then that unlocks the ability for you to go back to him, and then you get the quest line to upgrade it from, you know, from blue to purple, right? And then if you're more of a Gambit fan, you play Gambit day in, day out, you go to Drifter and he does the same thing. You go to you go to Shax and he does something for Crucible. Um, I would be okay with this. I would be okay with this. And the reason I would be okay with this is because, again, I think you gain more by empowering players to just stay in the lanes that they love instead of making them go into areas that they just have zero desire to play. But Bungie just... Ha- Bungie just has that desire and that intention. They want you to go into other parts of the game. That's why the milestones are set up the way that they are. I mean, they're they're always, for whatever reason, they're always going to have that motivation to nudge you into other content. They're not forcing you. It's a nudge. It's like, well, if you want to do this, you got to, you know, you got to do, you got to do the thing. You gotta go into that. You gotta go into Gambit. You gotta go into Crucible. They just give you that soft nudge, and I get frustrated by it. Even though I understand it, I get frustrated by it. So, how do you fill the funnel then for Gambit and Crucible? Those funnels are already full, though, Waffler. I mean, if you look at the numbers, both Crucible and Gambit have daily engaged player bases. They don't need to yank me out of PVE to have a full funnel. They don't. And, to be fair, it's not a very good testimony of the content if the only way to keep the game's funnel full is to force players into it. Right? The, like, I should be grinding... The, 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 funnel, the, the funnel for the strike playlist should be full of players because people want to go in there and they're getting something for their time. Same thing with Gambit and Crucible. You shouldn't have a bunch of people in the funnel that have zero desire to be there. So they AFK, they don't try, they're just sort of there, they're, they're, not, you know, they're not contributing, right? How is that better? Caltech with 25 months, thank you. Like, why... Think about that for a second. There's no real reason to run strikes. So the only real reason people end up in the strike playlist is like they have to. They either need the milestone or they're doing something for something like Solstice. So you end up putting people in the strike playlist that have zero desire to be there. You do the same thing with Gambit and you do the same thing with Crucible. I don't think it makes much sense to fill the funnel with what amounts to sort of coerced players that leads to AFK, that leads to apathy, that leads to irritation. I'm not sitting down and enjoying my two-hour play session on a Friday night. I get home from work, I had a long shift at the bank, I get home, I have dinner with my family, I boot up Destiny, and I'm like, great. The only thing left for me to do on this armor after the week is to play Gambit or Crucible. So you spend your two-hour play session in an environment that you don't enjoy. Well, no one's forcing you to do it. Well, yeah, kind of. If I want to take part in Solstice... I have to do those things. I shut down my Xbox after two and a half hours. 
Uh, there's no satisfaction in that dragging my face across a sandpaper of like oh man I'm so glad I just spent the last two hours in crucible which if I had my own way I wouldn't have been in there it just doesn't make it I don't think it's achieving the the good that they that they're hoping that it achieves what what is is that what you want your player base doing playing it, it reinforces their disdain for the content I hate Gambit and Crucible more when I'm forced to go in there. If I feel like going in, like when I went into Iron Banner for the Swarm, I played like an idiot. I was shoulder charging. I was running Skull Fort. I was laughing the whole time. I wasn't taking it serious. Why? I was just trying to get a, a, a Swarm grenade launcher to drop. But when you, when you make me go in there for a quest or these armor sets or whatever, and I feel like... I'm not going in here out of my own choice. It's just part of the quest line. Then it's way less satisfying. Not to mention the Iron Banner grind for the Swarm Grenade Launcher was stupid. Like, I had no intentionality, which honestly made it less enjoyable. If I would have been... Listen, if I could go to Shaxx and grab a bounty that's like an Ada bounty, I grab a bounty from Shaxx, or I go to Saladin, I grab a bounty for that, that grenade launcher, and I know every so many games I'm getting that grenade launcher, and I just keep cranking through that bounty the same way we farm for rolls from the Black Armory, I would play Crucible and not feel like I'm being forced I wouldn't feel like it's a waste of my time I'd be in a better mood why? because you're giving me intentionality towards the loot this isn't intentionality towards the loot though it's like check this box I don't want to check that box man I'm enjoying the EAZ doing patrols in public events wasn't that bad doing some strikes wasn't that bad I don't want to have to go play 10 games of Crucible so it's just, it's such an established franchise at this point. Why would you make people go into content that they don't want to? You know, and Harry's saying the issue is definitely the forced part. Telling me to go play strikes, I'll hate, uh, I'll hate it, yet I'll happily go and grind reckoning for hours. Right, and that's, again, that freedom, giving that player that choice of like, I'm going to pick a different quest for this thing. I think you want players to be engaging with Solstice, but also feeling like they're enjoying their time in Destiny. If you sit down on a Friday night when you're done with your dinner and the kids are in bed, and you would prefer to do Activity Y, making you go into Activity X or Activity W, it just doesn't make any sense to do that. You would much rather just grind out the EAZ or Strikes or whatever the frick. You'd much rather do that you should be able to do that. Now, I get it. Sometimes, if you're going to do, like, an exotic quest or a pinnacle quest, those are naturally going to lean towards sides of the game. But we don't need to do it this this often, I don't think. Especially for something like Solstice. MJR Easy. Why are you all of a sudden okay with microtransactions? I've never been against microtransactions ever if you watch my content so I'm not suddenly okay with microtransactions I'm also not okay with microtransactions just hook line and sinker I have continually since Destiny has launched pushed back at times when I felt that they did things they shouldn't have done when they were still being published by Activision and they did the ornaments for Iron Banner and they did the, the emotes and you couldn't earn them you had to buy them the ornaments for the whisper of the worm I didn't like that I criticized that now that they're self-published 
I'm okay with them saying, here's a free event and there's some vanity items you can buy for real money if you want. The free event allows me to engage with the game, it's content, it's a new location, it's an armor set I can chase, and then if I want to add a vanity item to it, that's completely optional. I don't have to do it. And it's free, right? So, if a bunch of people use New Light, free entry point into Destiny, they hop into Destiny, it costs them no money, and they go to the vanity store, and they see dope things like sparrows and ghosts and emotes and other things, and they're like, you know what? This game didn't cost me any money. I'm happy to throw some change into this into this microtransaction store because I didn't spend any money to get into this game. I'm totally fine with that. Microtransactions do not hurt games. Like this is such a this has become such a an assumed myth by so many people. A $60 game should never have microtransactions in it. Why? You can assert that till you're blue in the face. You can assert that as strongly as you like, but why? Why can a $60 game not have microtransactions, especially when the $60 game is a live service game that does free events? and weekly rotations of activities that have to be supported by a live team. All these things are taking place. You're not just buying a $60 game, playing through it for 20 hours, and setting it down. It's a game that has to be supported. It's being added to. There's rotations of seasons. There's free events. There's all these things that are going on that you don't pay a dime for. You don't pay a subscription fee. You don't have to pay Destiny. You don't have to pay Bungie any money for all those things to be maintained. So having a vanity store where you go and you're like, oh, I can make my armor glow or I can make my gun look like it's made out of skeleton pieces, that's going to cost me $5, $10, whatever. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. There's especially nothing wrong with it now that they're going with a free entry point, right? There's a free entry point. You can basically pick up Destiny plus its first season pass. So you get Destiny 2, Warmind and Curse, for free just here you go come on in and then if you want to get the next iteration of content the $75 worth of stuff which was $40 for Forsaken $35 for the annual pass you can get that whole kit and caboodle for like $40 so you can get two entire years worth of content for 40 bucks and if that is too expensive for you for you then go find another freaking hobby because gaming There's no other game in existence for the most part. There's almost no other game in existence that's going to give you two years of content for $40. What? No. That's not a thing. So you... you, Buying... Buying vanity items, like, why are you suddenly okay with microtransactions? The better question is, why are people so blindly against microtransactions when they can actually be really, really good for revenue streams for games like Destiny? And you don't have to spend a dime if you don't want to. You literally, you don't have to have the glows. You don't have to have the ornaments for your guns. The ships and sparrows don't do anything to your experience. They're cool, but they don't do anything to your experience. You know? Ashen Hollow. Is it too late to turn back on the power dial? So much content has been designed around having a well, tether, and so on, and Gambit Crucible are in the same boat. One-eyed mask, recluse, to name a couple. I'm worried if they keep dialing back our power, activities will become more of a chore. Sorry for the bad wording. I don't think activities will become more of a chore. 
if they dial back some things. If Mountaintop and Recluse get hit with a nerf, because they probably will. If they try to address Well of Radiance being almost required in PvE content. Um, I, you know, the, my mindset is this. I said this back, you know, back not, uh, last night on the podcast. This is what I said. There's two things that I think are happening right now. Phase one is can Bungie set up Destiny to be an MMORPG with the breadth and the depth, the investment? Can they do it? Can they make these systemic changes with Shadowkeep? That's phase one. Can we do it? Can we set up the scaffolding for good grind, good investment, good depth, perk diversity, perk depth, you know, all these different things. More stats on armor, armor 2.0, okay? So, if they can get through that phase, phase two will be, is it scalable? Does it have elasticity? In September of 2020, a year from now, are they going to be able to trot out more content and build on top of these systems that they're building? Those are the two things they got to do. Phase one, build the infrastructure, build the scaffolding. Phase two, can it be built upon? Can it be scaled? Does it have the elasticity to be ever expanded upon is that a thing they can do those are the two questions that have to be answered so when you're like oh if they nerf these things is going to make content a chore i think part of phase one is giving them a really really good base to build off of i think it's really hard to build off of that base when people are running around with a luna faction well mountaintop when to go and recluse it's really really difficult to scale content difficulty to builds that are that strong because if you scale the enemy's health to damage output that 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 is that crazy you're basically telling people you have to run that loadout if bungie says here's the damage output of a team running six mountaintops wendigos and a well of radiance with luna faction here's their damage output okay all right well let's bump the boss's health so that that damage output isn't so absurd and they're not one phasing bosses okay and so they increase the boss's health now if you don't run what they just legislated to they built the content for six mountaintops six wendigos and a, you know in a in a well of radiance or six mountaintops five swarms with spike nades and a tractor cannon right just insane damage numbers if they legislate to those builds you have to run those builds or you can't do anything you're going to go in and feel like this is going to take us forever. We don't have those god tier builds. We don't have six mountain tops and six wendigos or six mountain tops and five swarms in a, in a, in a tractor cannon. That's like that's not any better. Right? That's not any better. You're better off building off of a foundation. Trim down well, trim down some of these weapons. They're so insane. And then you build off that foundation. So when you go into endgame content, a well is nice. But maybe there's a reason to run Chaos Reach. Maybe there's a reason to run Nova Warp or or Nova Bomb. I don't know. You got to make the other attunements stronger, but you also have to make sure you don't have attunements or, or supers that are so undeniably strong or weapons that are so undeniably strong that there's literally only one option. Either the content's completely trivialized or they legislate the content to God to your builds and now you have less freedom as a player. You actually end up with less freedom as a player if they leave power creep and really strong builds like that in the game, you run out of options as a player if they legislate to it. So, 
and if somebody's saying they could reduce all weapon damage against bosses give them certain weapon resistances again you're sort of chasing your tail at that point you could you could make something happen where oh bosses take less damage now but again you're still going to motivate people then to feel like they absolutely must run optimum dps builds because well now this boss takes less damage we have to output as much damage as possible you have once again legislated the game to optimum dpsers you're building content for redeem at that point no shade to redeem. Chevy hangs out in here all the time. He's a nice guy. I got nothing against those guys. Sweat and the rest of them. But you don't want to build content for redeem. You don't. To a certain extent, I don't think I don't think redeem would want you to build content for them. Because if you build content for them, then that would limit a lot of the challenges and goofy and fun things that they do. Because the content would basically be only beatable once they figure out optimum maximum DPS, and then the rest of the the rest of the community would feel like, well, we got to wait until they figure this out, and then we can dive in too. And then there's less freedom because you're like, you have to run this build, you have to run this super. So nerfs can feel very painful, but nerfs are like the pruning of a bush. You've got to prune the rose bush to allow it to grow and be healthy. You've got to prune the plant, because if not, a couple will rise up and everything else gets choked out, everything else dies. That's how the attunements are functioning right now. There's 27 attunements in the game, and the, 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 the ones that are standing out as being the most common, the most influential, the most powerful, they need pruned back. Mountaintop, Recluse, a lot of these weapons need pruned back or they're just going to continue to choke out any diversity in optimum DPS, you know, loadouts. Hmong. Lono, knowing that our current armor are not compatible with the upgraded armor 2.0, did Bungie shoot themselves in the foot with the Solstice package and armor drop? It seems pointless to grind for the package once you've gotten the legendary sets as these armor will be inferior to armor 2.0. It's my understanding that the Solstice Armor becomes Armor 2.0. I don't understand where you're pulling this from. It was my understanding that you are... The Solstice Armor, once fully upgraded, is Armor 2.0. That, that was, again, that was my understanding. I may have misunderstood it, but... Wob says no, and someone's Alpha Centauri saying it does. You get a new one. That is correct. You reacquire it from the gunsmith, they said. Okay. Solstice Armor is a fun thing to grind for. It'll be 2.0 after October 1st. It's limited time available. So yeah, there is a reason to run for it then. It'll be upgraded to 2.0. Everything else that you've grinded for won't be. But again, listen, I know you guys get tired of me saying I was right, but I was right. Bungie's agreeing with me about leaving stuff behind if they're setting up the armor 2.0 system and it will softly make you leave behind everything you've been grinding for up to this point. They are, they're in agreement with me. If that's how they're setting it up, they're basically saying, by design, you will be leaving things behind from year one and year two. That's Bungie agreeing with my philosophy about eventually there has to be a point where you leave stuff behind. Now, it's less intrusive as it was with like Taken King where you just, you did. You didn't have a choice. But, what's the point of them dumping new loot and new systems and new activities in the game if you can kind of shrug at everything and be like, I've I've already got all the best stuff. I've already got God tier gauntlets and a chest piece and a helmet. I already have all that. I don't need to grind for any of that. 
Now, again, you can keep using that stuff if you want, but it needs to feel inferior. This is why I said phase one is, can they build these systems? Phase two, where's the elasticity? If next year in September they launch a DLC called the Taken Queen, am I going to want to chase any of that stuff? How are you going to woo me and incentivize me to leave behind all the stuff I got in Shadowkeep? And everybody's pushback is always the same. What's the point then in grinding for stuff if I'm just going to replace it later? I have a better question for you. What's the point in grinding for anything if it's just going to become an ever-present, I never switch this out, I always use this item? Why would you Why would you argue for that? Having momentary god-tier builds that you use for months at a time, you're grinding the stuff, you're getting the best stuff, you're checking off the boxes, you're getting the completionist, you're getting all the things done... And then eventually you're like, okay, here's all the new stuff. I'm going to chase the new stuff now. That to me is logical and sensible. What's not logical and sensible is I got all God tier weapons. I grinded my face off. I did the menagerie. I did this. I did that. I've got the exact gauntlets, helmet, boot, blah, 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 blah. I got all the things I want and need. And then Bungie's like, okay, well, we don't want to invalidate any of that. So here's a bunch of new armor. It basically can do the exact same thing in the armor you have now. It just looks different. Now, the reason I think that works with guns is because guns are a little bit different, but I, because I, a lot of the times I was arguing to like just repurpose all those old guns and give them good random rolls just because they look different, they feel different, they sound different. I think it's a little bit different than armor because the sound of a gun and the feel of a gun can be enough to kind of like incentivize you to switch. Even though you're basically grinding for the same shotgun and hand cannon you already have, at least it's experientially different than what you've been using because of the look you know, the sound, all those things that go into it, the reload animation, etc. Um, so I think this is exactly how they should do it. I think this, this, this proves that in some measure, Bungie's in agreement with me that there has to be a point where you leave stuff behind, but it needs to be up to the player. And I think that's how they're doing it. You don't have to leave behind anything, but you're going to want to. What's the new armor 2.0 exactly? We don't know the exact, the exact stats right but what we do know is there'll be more stats there'll be more investments more mod slots you basically can upgrade the armor you basically fill it with energy or something like that and as you're doing that it opens up like other mod slots and stuff so it's like a it's like a it's like an investment path for armor <clears throat> excuse me that, that, that doesn't really presently exist you can masterwork armor right now but a lot of people don't do it Amish Milkman, why is there so much emphasis on the separation between PvP and PvE players when Bungie has stated that they want us to feel we can take our Guardian anywhere? Could people be focusing on the small negatives of their wants and letting it ruin the experience? I No, I don't think so at all. You're also, I think you're misapplying their statement. Whenever Bungie has talked about how they want you to feel like your Guardian is the same Guardian everywhere, they've talked about why they don't like doing nerfs and buffs in different sides of the game. Now, they've gone back on that a little bit because they've done a lot of nerfs and buffs recently to the items and to the guns that are separate and that are in different places. You know, they, they function differently in different sides of the game. Now, they may have, maybe when they said this, they were referring more to like subclasses and abilities and grenades and stuff, but they want you to feel like the same Guardian everywhere. That is within the context of nerfs and buffs. People getting frustrated that when they want to grind Solstice armor, having to go into Gambit and Crucible has nothing to do with that statement. And you saying 
they're focusing on the small negatives to their wants and letting it ruin the experience. I mean, I, I don't really, I don't really understand what you're asserting in your question. If I want to play the PVE side of the game and that's what I enjoy, you're not going to change my mind by making me play Crucible or Gambit. You're just not. Oh, I suddenly like Gambit and Crucible because Bungie made me go in there. Imagine, imagine this. I want you to imagine something. You boot up your Xbox. It's Friday night, and you're really in the mood to play Fortnite with your buddies. And you boot up Fortnite. And Fortnite's like, hey, we know you really want to play Battle Royale with your buddy, but in order to unlock Battle Royale, you have to do your daily PvE missions. And you gotta spend an hour and a half to two hours in a side of Fortnite that you have zero interest in. You would obviously throw your hands up and be like, are you freaking kidding me? What? No. I don't want to do that right now. I want to play Battle Royale with my friends. It's the same idea. You get home on a Friday night. Dude, I really want to play Gambit or Crucible. Right? I don't really want to play PVE. I really want to run strikes. I just want to kind of veg out and go into the E, you know, the EAZ, or I want to do pub events. Whatever it is that you want to do, and Bungie's like, well, you're working on this quest for Solstice Armor, so you gotta go over there. You don't really want to, but we're gonna make you. It's not as extreme as like keeping you out of battle royale in Fortnite, but you get the you get what I'm saying. My my affinities and my desires as a player aren't going to shift and change. Like, dude, you know what? I really love the PvE side of Fortnite now because they made me play it every day before I could go into Battle Royale. It just... I, I, I don't think it achieves what, what they're thinking it achieves. Like, well, we're going to get more people in more pockets of the game, you know, fill those funnels. More people will, will maybe decide they like Crucible and Gambit. Not at all, dude. Not at all. It just I don't think I don't think it achieves what they're trying to achieve. I think it's different when you put a weapon like the swarm in the game, right? You got the grenade launcher, it's the swarm and people wanted it. Well, it's iron banner. It's like a raid weapon. You want the raid weapon? You got to go run the raid. You want the iron banner thing? Go do that. Solstice lands on the game and it's like a sing it's like its own entity, it's its own activity, but then makes you go into like every part of the game. Right, faction rally. Could, imagine if faction rally came back and they did the same thing. Oh, you want to get a whole faction rally set for Dead Orbit? Yeah, you're going to have to do a bunch of Crucible and Gambit too. What? I don't want to do that. Right. So to me, the suggestion we had earlier, where someone's like, "Oh, I want to work on this. I can go to the different NPCs and they'll give me a quest to do it." That just seems like a better way. You're like, I'm a, I'm a PvP player. All right, cool. Kick off your 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 Solstice event. Go run the EAZ. Get the whole armor set, and then go choose the quest line that you would like to do. And you go up to Shax, and he gives you a quest line for the green armor. And then you're like, sweet guys, I'm ready. I'll, I'll see you in the Crucible in a few minutes. And you go into Crucible, and you grind out Crucible to get your set done. PVE Gambit could be the same way. You let people go into the pockets of the game that they want to play you know King Diddy 
I have no idea if this was asked, but the rolls we get for the armor, would these rolls carry over into Shadowkeep? If not, why do I farm for rolls and the armor not to be carried over? I actually don't know what's going to happen when you upgrade the armor. I would assume, I feel like this is a safe assumption, and I hope Bungie doesn't bite me on the butt for this, but I would assume if you grind for the rolls that you won and then you upgrade the armor, you keep the roll that you got right? I, I would think they wouldn't say you know, hey, you spent a bunch of time in Solstice grinding for that that Ferragolas that you really, really like uh, now it's time to upgrade it and you're going to lose that roll I don't know if they would do that that would be a weird, weird decision <clears throat> excuse me, JD Gamer hey Lono, do you think Bungie should make competitive more like Overwatch where you have placement matches and then you match with the people based off of your placement. I mean, they they try to do this already, right? With the Valor, I'm sorry, with the Glory. You know, you're in low Glory rank, you face a lot of easy teams. Um, Placement matches, I, I think the biggest problem with placement matches is when your player base is small, like PC would really struggle. Um, your low glory easy teams oh and we did recluse it was definitely it was definitely it was definitely easier you could tell when we got into the higher glory ranks 100% um, now low glory at the start of the season sure when I was trying to get recluse you know we were pretty far into the season so I didn't I wasn't facing a lot of the more skilled players were in the higher ranks um, and I was playing with really good players too but we could definitely feel a shift once we got into the higher glory, uh, glory ranks. Um, there was a, there was a clear shift. Um, so, and yeah, sometimes there's low glory teams smurfing, but a lot of the times, I don't know. There's not, uh, there's not a lot of that going on. I mean, there is, but that's not the majority of the people in comp. So as far as like doing placement matches and you face against people that play, you know, you, 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 you play similar to. I think the biggest problem with that is you would just you're, you're shrinking the player base, right? So I let's say I go in and I place and um it, I, I I get I get placed in in rank four or something, right? I'm an average player. I get placed in rank four or five. Let's say there's ten ranks. You can you can place one to ten. Ten being that you're a really good player. Five being your average. One you're a freaking potato. Okay, so I place five. You have an incentive not to not to sandbag. You don't want to like tank your placement because you get better stuff if you place high. I place five. Well, if you're only gonna let me match with people that are like five, and maybe if matchmaking is taking a long time, you expand it to four and six. You're just elongating matchmaking times. That would be the biggest problem. You, it, it would have to be really sophisticated, because it'd have to be like you're initiating matchmaking, and then and the matchmaking would have to know at this given time there's not a lot of people in your hemisphere of five. There's also not a lot of people in four and six. We're gonna have to expand your search to three through seven. Like, ranks 3 through 7. You're avoiding ranks 1 and 2. You're avoiding ranks 8, 9, and 10, etc. This becomes a problem for people the higher they get, though. Because you get into rank 9 or 10, 
there's way less people up there so it's almost always gonna have to start pulling from 10 9 8 7 6 and then I guess you wouldn't go below 6 you could never match people below 6 so but that's a super sophisticated system that they don't presently have built and ultimately if you're if you're if you're a high skilled player and you're matching ranks 6 through 10 and you're a low skilled player you're in ranks 1 and you're always ranking uh, playing against you know ranks 1 through 5 or 1 through 6 or whatever like there's very little crossover of the very tippity top with the very very bottom they don't they don't meet a lot I think the biggest concern I would have is ranks 6 through 10 would be a minority and that would be a really, really small player pool for them to match. Because think about how conflicted this starts to get. Say you're you're a rank 8, 9, or 10, and that's a very small slice of the community. So you're constantly getting matched with people that are below you as well. You know, 6, 7, 8, 9, and 10 and up. Well, if, if you're rank 6, and there's a lot of 5s, 6s, and 4s on, and you're getting thrown into matches with them, you're going to get pulled into matches... And you're going to be pulled away from the potential matches of the people at the top. Don't you see why this system would be so problematic with a player base that is probably good on PS4, but not that full on PC, and probably decent on Xbox? High tier glory is already an incredibly small pool, though. Right, like, that's that's what I'm saying. You already know what I'm talking about. If you get in the high glory rank, and you have that limited player pool... Matchmaking takes longer. You're you're struggling. <coughs> Excuse me. You're struggling to get into games and you're always playing the same people. I don't know. I don't know of systems that work really well to, to reference here. I'm a bit out of my depth right now. I'm just trying to give you a picture into why it's not as simple as just, oh, give us placement matches and ranks and just match us against people that we, oh, I'm a rank five. Rank me against people that are five. I'm telling you, it's not that simple. So. Evil the Waffler. I masterworked all three characters year one and was disappointed it didn't help any of my grind this year. You think us year one players should have had something help us with this year? It would have been pretty cool for them to be like, hey, you know, your warlock had a fully, fully masterworked, fully leveled up set from last solstice. Here's a, here's a kick in the pants multiplier or something. That would have been pretty cool. Um, so. Just bought a Zydex computer and put you down as heard about uh, from them. Oh, well, I'm not partnered with them anymore. I appreciate you doing that. I'm actually currently looking for a new PC sponsor. Uh, Dark Skills. I do... Uh, do you think at some point the one-off event activities, Haunted Verdant Forest, EAZ, will become permanent additions and usable grindable content? I honestly don't know. It Listen, that's... The crux of Destiny content is that. Kill, kill, kill trash ads, mini bosses, and then eventually bosses show up, and then you get loot. That's Destiny content. That's strikes, that's nightfalls, that's raids, that's the forges, that's reckoning, that's the EAZ, that's the blind well, that's escalation protocol, right? Trash ads, majors, mini bosses, boom, the big boss shows up. That's it. That's it. Um, so making those more permanent pieces of the game just makes sense to me. The Verdant Forest was so close. Oh, it was so close. Ooh, it was super close. (laughs) It was super close to being perfect. 
<laughs> like, I, it, if you got to like wave a hundred or you know however long, make it get harder and harder and harder, right? So when you get you know to some of the higher waves, it's very likely you're gonna fail, and then eventually you go to the bosses, and the higher you get, it's not about the five chests. It's about every ten waves you get like a a, a resplendent key. And the resplendent key lets you open the resplendent chest. So maybe there's five normal chests over here and five resplendent chests. But if you can get to wave 30, you have enough resplendent keys to open up every single of the of the shiny chests, right? And they have a higher likelihood of dropping the curated rolls on the weapons that that boss that week drops or something. Do you see? They were so close to getting it right. So I think making things like the EAZ and the Verdant Forest and the Haunted Forest permanent additions would be a smart move. Bungie may say, why would we do that? We can tuck those in our pocket, repurpose them, reskin them, and throw them out as free content every once in a while. And I think there's a certain amount of wisdom in doing that. Scuba. Have Bungie confirmed that the uh, 2.0 armor set you collect when Shadowkeep launches will have the same perks? We already had this question. I don't know. I, I'm assuming yes, but we don't know. XPZ, what light level is the majestic armor? Um, I don't honestly know. Is it related to your present light level when it drops? Subaru, having completed all three sets already, I don't feel there was enough grind in my opinion. This, this, you're, this person's, you're crazy. Okay. Should Bungie give people that want to go above and beyond... Uh, more to fight for besides master working in a sparrow. I don't feel like there's enough of a filler event. Um, I I hate to be the one to tell you that you're insane, and no one in the community is going to agree with you. <laughs> I mean, I say that with love, Subaru. Ninety nine percent of the community is not going to agree with you on this. No one, no one is going to look at this grind and say it's not enough. We need more now. If you're like, I want to go above and beyond, what could I do? This is good. This harkens back to what I said. If you had guns that could drop from the bosses, guns that could be farmed for, um, then I would think that that would be something for you to continue to do in chase. Because that's that RNG player-initiated longevity. Remember, we talked about that. It's a player-initiated longevity. When you have a terrible drop rate in Reckoning that, that's supposed to elongate player engagement, it doesn't freaking do it. When you have intentionality in the Menagerie and you have drop-chasing in the Menagerie, that's player-initiated longevity. That's more organic and that's better. So I think in your case, you would benefit, and the reason this is a really good solution is it helps you and everybody else. While somebody's grinding their 100 mini-bosses, they're getting chances at those cool weapon drops. You're done with everything. You're nuts. You played for 10 hours a day. You're the 1%. And you can keep chasing god rolls. Like, everybody benefits. That's a great solution. If they just give you and you alone the one percenters a capstone thing to chase, I don't think that would be a good idea. Because that's just for a very small percentage of players, and you don't want the content to feel like that. Duck Tricks with six months of subs. Lethal Escape with 21 months of subs. Thank you. Did I thank Genius and Dan the Man for their subs a little bit ago? It was like 20 minutes ago. Uh, the Hefe. Why do you think Bungie would make the EAZ chest count for team openings but not have mini bosses team counts for everyone? Because they they hate you. I don't know, dude. <laughs> I don't know. 
probably because the way that you get credit for boss kills is already coded into the game it's hardwired into the game so when you are near an enemy or shoot an enemy you get credit for it okay the way that chests work it's like raid chests you don't have to be there when it pops open it instances loot for you and you can go and pick it up later or it goes to the postmaster so more than likely it's just old already existing code how those things interact in a in a in a team in a fire team or whatever so guys if you're enjoying this content by the way uh, if you're enjoying this content, be sure to click the follow button. That's a free and easy way to help me out. That's the little heart button. That's the way you can talk in chat. I only run that because it protects us from bots and spam. There's no time limit. You can follow and immediately talk in chat, and that helps me out. I appreciate you guys being here. We're going to finish this Q&A session, and we're going to check out and see if there's anything new in the game. There's rumors about some new quest or something happening today at Reset. Uh, if there's nothing, then we'll switch over to do the stream stop discussion and Q&A. We're going to be talking today about Ninja leaving Twitch to go to Mixer. It should be a really good episode. I'm trying to give you guys more radio show content throughout the day. Speed 388. I actually tried to AFK in strikes the other day by putting a rubber band around my thumbsticks and I was kicked to orbit for inactivity. Uh, so how do they AFK? Most people are AFKing with a macro. Um, rubber banding probably, I guess, I guess rubber banding probably doesn't work because you're not shooting. Or you're probably eventually dying. And then... Maybe you're never respawning. I'm not really sure. Maybe they've just gotten good at detecting people that rubber band. And the only people that are pulling it off are macros. Because they can jump, punch, reload, jump, punch, reload, shoot. And it's enough random behavior that they they, ca- they don't catch it. Um, walking doesn't stop inactivity. You need multiple inputs. Um, so, holding buttons leads to you getting kicked. It sounds like they've instituted new protections. Because that was not how it initially worked. You could rubber band and you could stay. Um spinning in a circle apparently doesn't work anymore and I know people are saying there's patch notes and a cataclysm dropped in Anthem I got to see and play the cataclysm at on the private test server so I don't know if they're if they're doing enough to go check it out um so chronic haze off my earlier question, sorry I meant to grind the Iron Banner armor, it was a long one, like they just lowered requirements for the armor. I feel like it was a waste of a lot of time because the Shadow Keep feel like they should have let us keep as well thoughts. I mean, this is just your opinion followed by thoughts, so I already expressed my, my desire for them to softly prod us to, to chase new stuff. So, it's a loot-based game. You should want to chase and get new loot, not keep old loot for forever. I know you're proud of your grind and you love your loot, but I mean, eventually you have to admit that new loot needs to be more enticing. That's just the nature of a game like this. It moves forward. Sinner Sunday. Lono, which class Solstice armor is your favorite with which element? I've not really decided yet. Probably the solar hunter armor with the solar glow, just because I think Way of a Thousand Cuts is the coolest named attunement and one of the funnest attunements to run and I think it looks cool you know he's got like the Wolverine thing going on raid what if each place what if each piece of armor had three different things you could do gamut crucible strikes and you only had to do one for ranking up I mean this is exactly what I've been talking about all morning that's the or principle do this or this do this or this I'm totally fine with the or principal landing or like we said go to the different NPCs and just accept the quest from them dark skills how would you go about trimming down well of radiance reduce damage boost duration all of it all of it <laughs> people are like no not my well duration way too long 
Uh, you should have to pick between a damage buff and protection. You shouldn't get both. Um, people are like, oh my gosh, Lona, you're such a freaking jerk. I just, you again, you have to bring the game down to a baseline for them to build upon. The other attunements don't stand a chance in getting buffed and standing out with the current status of Well of Radiance. Well of Radiance needs probably five seconds shaved off of its duration, and you have to pick between a damage buff and survival. Um, you know, it, it that what Wob is saying. If you pick, if you, you you're basically picking between a health rift and an empowering rift, it should be like that. You're picking between healing or empowering. You should have to pick between that. Um, I. Here's the thing about, well, it has to be strategic or it's useless. Are you agreeing with me or are you saying it has to be strategic right now? Because there's no strategy in throwing it on the ground and melting everything around you, whether it be trash ads, majors, mini bosses, or bosses. There's no strategy at all in its execution. You just plop it down and it's god tier. Um, Maybe if you pick the damage buff, the duration is significantly shorter. If you pick the fact that it keeps people alive, the duration is significantly longer. Something like that. I don't know. If it's poorly placed, it can be useless. If you poorly place your well, you deserve it to be useless. Like, come on. That's like saying, oh, I whiffed my Nova Bomb and it went off the cliff. So a poorly placed Nova Bomb is useless. Yes, any poorly placed super is useless. If you're a dumb potato and you're like, I'm going to put my well behind this wall over here. And everyone's like, you idiot. We can't shoot the boss. You deserve it to be useless. It's not even hard to use. You put it in front. You put it in front of the boss and you hit LB and RB. It's all you have to do. There's not. There's no aim. There's no finesse. There's no timing. It's time to melt. LBRB. Let's go. Woo! Meanwhile, 27 other attunements sit on the shelf. The Warlock has 9 attunements, and we're using 1 all the time. Chaos Reach is awesome. Nova Bomb is one of the coolest looking supers in the game. There's so many other things that we could be using, and we're not, because Well of Radiance is such a one-size-fits-all best in class of everything you know I completely agree there are still dumb blueberries I agree I'm not a warlock yeah but again if you poorly execute something you deserve it to be useless what you're saying is is a given logically if you poorly use X it's useless yep that's true if I poorly use my whisper of the worm or my 1k voices it's useless that's exactly right power in the hands of an idiot isn't going to work very well. That's just the nature of games like this. If you're a dum-dum, then you should you should naturally be taught a lesson by the oh, doesn't work very well cuz you didn't use it very well. So, my point is is that well of radiance needs trimmed down so other attunements can be raised up and then they have a nice baseline to build off of. <clears throat> Because you're basically saying all future content has to be legislated to the fact that six people can stand in a pool of grace. Just stand in this pool of grace. It heals you, it gives you damage, and it's big enough for all six people to stand in here. And they're dis- they're going to have to continue to design content with that super in mind. Or they could scale it back, 
buff the other attunements and start to create bosses where maybe Chaos Reach makes more sense. Maybe Nova makes more sense, you know? The real Slim Hady. To be honest, I'd rather a King's Fall Oryx-esque encounter where it has to be four phases, so damage each phase is capped instead of raid bosses in D2 where you just burn them. I think there's room for both. I think there's room for both. I don't want every boss to be Oryx. There was no mastery of Oryx. It's kind of fun, isn't it, to watch Redeem and Chevy and Glad and the boys. Isn't it kind of fun to watch them kill a boss with ludicrous builds and strategies? Isn't that kind of fun? Now, well, well of Radiance is a part of this discussion, isn't it? Right? You know, like, we, we've got to figure that out. But you don't want to take that away. You don't want every single boss to be Oryx. So then you take all the skill, all the finesse, all the intelligence. It's like, yeah, just stay alive. Yep, okay. We're still alive. Good job jumping. Good job jumping. Cool. Yep, we're still alive. Okay, all right. Blow up the bombs. Okay, boss is dead. I love the Oryx fight, but again, you don't want that to be the go-to for every boss because, oh, we're sorry seeing people kill bosses really fast. I mean, that's number one, that's not normative, and number two, I think that's probably better than having every boss be Oryx. The real Slim Hady. I just realized I didn't submit a question. Apologies. Would you rather an Oryx-esque encounter where damage... Oh, I mean, I, I basically answered your question. Uh, do you think we should always be able to one-phase a boss? It seems like in year one, a one-phase was much harder, but now in year two, every boss is expected to be one-phased. Well, I think they made us really, really strong, and I think that that's, that's just something they're going to have to figure out. I don't want them to damage gate, health gate, immunity phase. I just I don't want them legislating to our power. I want them to, like, flatten out our power and then raise it all so, like, you have options like Chaos Reach is, is potentially as good as, you know, Nova, and it's potentially as good as well in the right circumstances, right? Um, it's, but one phasing a boss is, uh, that happened in Wrath, that happened in Vogue, that happened in, um, War Priest. I, I don't think this is a new concept. The idea, the idea that you can, you can finesse and master a, a boss and beat it really fast, I think is totally fine. I think that's part of your reward for being good at the game, right? You beat something quicker than you did when you first went in. Have you heard about the artifacts that will seasonally be, that will be seasonally only? Season only, maybe? Seasonally. I don't know. Seasonally only? Personally, I hate this idea, because why would you want to chase something you only get for one or two months? Thoughts? This is... I, we, we've already answered this question today. You, they're, they're all, Having a new chase, having a new pursuit every season is good. If it's just an artifact, I mean, get over it probably would be my response. That also gives them the ability to have different themes each season with the artifact. Um, you know? I, it's one of those things where I, that's fine, I think. It's just something new, and it could give each season a theme. 
I'm not saying well doesn't need to be adjusted, but Bungie could do more to their encounter design. For instance, having the boss take cover, incorporate mechanics, which means we have to move around a lot. The game allows us to stand there motionless and unload all of our ammo pretty much all the time. That's a completely legitimate piece of feedback, Morgan. Morgan's baby daddy. Because think about it. What I'm saying, I'm not saying to kill well. If you if you can still buff six people's damage... Let's say they lower Well's radiant Well of Radiance's duration to 10 seconds when you pick damage buff. That's still 10 seconds of a damage buff. That's still going to be something that people gravitate toward for boss DPS strategy. But maybe not. If bosses are moving around, if bosses are agile and they're going behind stuff and you're having to kind of chase them, then maybe not. Maybe you're not going to feel that pull. Maybe you're going to be like, dude, we have small windows of time to do damage. Chaos Reach and Nova Bomb make more sense. A bunch of Nova Bombs and Tractor Cannon make more sense. Different strategies and playstyles emerge because it's not a sit here and empty every single heavy shell that you have. Axis would be a good example of this, but unfortunately Axis gave you back your super from the, the, the slam plates, right? But Axis was in a similar vein. Don't, you wouldn't use, let's imagine there were no slam plates in Axis. But Well of Radiance was there. Well, you would just save it for the final phase. You'd be like, slam is back, do a little damage. Slam is back, do a little damage. Third phase, now drop the well, let's get him. Right? It still would have happened in there, but at least there's some finesse, there's some moving, there's some more, there's more going on in the damage phase in Axis. Hmong. For speculation purposes, do you think there will be a weapon 2.0 in the future to incorporate more perks and mods and rolls? I'm kind of hoping that they do that in Shadowkeep and they just haven't talked about it. I don't know. If it's just three perks per gun and it's a bunch of outlaw rampage, you know, trench barrel chases again, I'm going to be really bored. That's going to be super boring. The Brock Kelly. I like the idea of leaving things behind to get new stuff. Uh, how do we leave weapons behind outside of sandbox tuning? Um, something like drop mag, kill clip, rampage, kill, kindled orchid. In what meta could that possibly not be great? Are we getting to a place now where top tier weapons are going to be side grades and not true upgrades? Right, this is what I call lateral upgrades. Where they're like, eh, you're basically just replacing your hand cannon with another really nice hand cannon. It's a lateral upgrade. It's not a vertical upgrade. As you're saying, it's a side upgrade lateral upgrade sounds cooler so um yeah i I think the problem here is if you suddenly could get six perks on a gun obviously getting a kill clip you know drop mag for pvp or a rampage outlaw but then there's other perks. There's other things. There's other mod slots. So you would gravitate towards that hand cannon because there is a vertical upgrade to it. You're like, well, yeah, I'm basically chasing the role that I already have, but I'm also getting more because it's a 2.0 weapon. Does that make sense? I 
again, that's why I said phase one, can they build systems that are awesome and have good depth and breadth and investment paths? And if they can build that system, phase two, is it scalable? Can you build on that? Or am I going to get a bunch of god tier weapons and armor and shadow keep and the subsequent annual passes and then September of next year, you're staring down the barrel of the same gun? How do we make stuff better than what they have now? I, I'm telling you, the simplest solution is it gets left behind every 12 months. It's the, that's, the, that's the simplest solution. But maybe they have other creative ideas. I don't know. Hmong. Lono, talking about Faction Rally, could Bungie utilize this event for faction-specific mods? Maybe. I mean, what would a faction-specific mod be? Um, I don't know. Would it give you more... I don't know. Would it give you more stuff when you're wearing the faction armor? Would it more power? More XP? I'm curious what that would even look like. Claytongs. Do you believe that the gameplay loop in DT feel, D2 feels unnatural? I'm not sure what is uh, what it is, but D1 as a whole, I felt much more natural and rewarding. It's as if Bungie has reduced D2 down to visual spectacle on top of the psychological aspects of loot chasing. Seems a bit hollow with the grind. Okay, so your question is, do you believe the gameplay loop feels unnatural? I believe the gameplay loop is totally fine. Um, I believe it's totally fine, but I think there's a play flow disruption that's intrinsic to a lot of the things they do. There's play flow disruption happening. Basically, if you want to get enhancement cores, you got to go grab bounties. And then if you want to go do this, you got to go do that, right? Some of that is just natural in these types of games. You have to go into the activity to get the thing that you want, okay? Some of that's natural to this type of game. It was like that in Destiny 1. You want raid gear? Go run the raid. You want the Nightfall specifics? Uh, I'm sorry, strike specifics? You gotta go run the strikes. You want the, ooh, the cool Iron Banner. You want the clever dragon? You gotta grind Iron Banner. So, you're saying Bungie's reduced D2 down to visual spectacle on top of psychological aspects of loot chasing. That just sounds like a whole lot of nothing. Like, you're not saying anything. Like, what do you mean? There was loot chase. There was a psychological aspect of loot chase in D1 that's still present. Get the best gun. Get the best roll. Get a tier 12 build. Right? Visual spectacle. Again, you're you're not saying anything that wasn't present in D1. Asia Triumph. The ornaments. Right? Those were things people chased. I, it not, I don't think much has changed in regard to that. I think when something like Solstice of Heroes lands, there's something unnatural because you're like, I don't really want to run Gambit, but they're like, no, you got to play 10 games of Gambit. I don't really want to run Crucible. Like, no, you got to get Guardian kills in Crucible. You're like, I don't really play that side of the game. But again, Bungie's philosophy would be it's Solstice of Heroes. It's supposed to celebrate the entire game. You're going to play the entire game if you want to get everything. Wicked Wizard, do you think that Crucible is in a good state with Recluse and Mountaintop? Because for me, sometimes it's really bad. I, th- this is this is an ever-present problem. They create really strong gear for you to chase, and then the really strong gear becomes meta, and everybody complains about the really strong gear. We've been talking about, we've been having this conversation for five years. So, it's the same people that, that said, use your primary, and they hated shotguns, 
and people not using their primary in D1 are the same people who are making the criticism now that people are abusing the recluse in the mountaintop. I, I don't know how you abuse something that's in the game that is earnable and grindable and you can chase it and you're meant to chase it and it's meant to be powerful. Um, that that logic uh, eludes me because it's stupid, but um, that's the sentimentality of a lot of players is that you, I guess, shouldn't use really strong stuff in Crucible. You should use only high skill expression items like hand cannons and snipers and that's it and anything else you use is a dad rifle or is a crutch or is abuse it's idyllic loadout arrogance and it's stupid I, I, what, what do you want them to do it's a, it's a space power fantasy game with you're, you're able to throw bombs at people out of your hand like, I, I don't know what people want them to do. You're always going to have things that rise to the top and become meta, and then they get they get hammered down. If you don't like that, I, this, I don't know if this game is ever going to get to where you want it to go, because when they went mega-balanced gun-based, it was boring and people hated it. So, I, even if right now you gave the sweaty players their wish and you did something to one-eyed mask and you made it harder to use things like i guess i don't know mountaintop recluse and you limited shoulder charge targeting and whatever it doesn't matter even if you did that other metas other weapons other builds would emerge as the best and people would use that And then the people that just recently got their way would start complaining about those things. Oh, the range on this fusion is ridiculous. Oh, this and that, blah, blah, blah. It's too strong. This loadout, that loadout. This is broken. That's broken. It just... I I don't know if this conversation will ever be one that is concluded. I don't. I You know, we've been having the conversation for such a long time that at this point I've just sort of accepted that there's always going to be a meta that is complained about and that gets addressed and then a new meta emerges it'll get complained about and it'll get addressed and since that's been happening for five years my confidence isn't in it going away but in it persisting Uh, code ER do you think players have been given enough time to grind solstice armor yeah it's a month uh, David Snake Eyes. How long do you think we'll be able to masterwork the armor? I think the window closes October 1st. No, we were told that you can do it beyond the activity. If it closes October 1st, that's still plenty of time. Dark Skills. Do you think Solstice would have been better if the main grind was for weapons, but having the Solstice armor would help you increase orb generation? Um, I just think if there was a loot pursuit beyond the armor, you wouldn't feel like you need to cheese the mini boss stuff and the other stuff. You would just keep playing and chasing like gun drops in the EAZ and you'd be fine you just kind of hang out in there all day if anything that was their mistake they should have centered more of it around the EAZ put a couple weapons in there random drops random rolls from the bosses so you have an incentive to stay in there the whole time and you don't care you're like well I'm working on the mini bosses but I'm also getting chances at the weapons Clay Tongs 
Since the discussion at the time of my viewing is about bosses, what are your thoughts on endgame bosses having specific elemental weaknesses? Arc does more damage to this boss, while something like Solar has a different outcome. Feeding their flamethrower or something to that effect. I, this could help people gravitate toward, you know, Chaos Reach or Nova Bomb on a given boss, right? You just gotta be careful because then it just turns into everybody run Nova Bomb and Tractor, this guy's weak to Void, and you just b- b- obliterate him, right? You could maybe instead say this guy is resistant to damage buffs. So Well of Radiance feels like a waste of time. So you maybe you do healing rifts instead and you do melting points and chaos reach things like that maybe you come out with different ways of doing damage because he i think resistances would be one thing and could be helpful but i don't know if you want to make them weak to certain elements because then you're sort of dictating what people are going to use in the fight evil the waffler uh what if they take op weapons and put them into heavy slots i didn't know address the weapons in their lane don't start shifting them around if you're going to move weapons, move swords to the energy slot, maybe. But other than that, I would adjust, address the weapon in their, in their lane. Uh, eight months from String Cheese, thank you. JD Gamer, hey Lona, when it comes to Solstice, would you rather have it been Baron Fights be inside Solstice instead of having to run the EAZ? I mean, anything outside of vanilla content would have been great, but it's a free event. That's why they have to limit it to vanilla content. CP4 Gators, would something like gun-type specific perks or subclass-specific abilities with certain weapons create enough different possibilities so that everyone isn't running around with the same role on the same gun? Example, as a hunter with a hand cannon, you could have different abilities than a titan with a hand cannon. Um, I think this would get really, really hard to manage and really, really hard to balance because you... How do you... Especially in a crucible, a hand cannon in the hands of like a warlock. What if it was this way better? Then that that same hand cannon was not as good in a crucible, in the hands of a hunter and a titan. I think that'd be really hard to balance. I think it's easier to say, here's a weapon, here's how fast it can shoot, how much it can, how quick it can reload. Here's its range, here's its damage output, here's its fire rate, and we balance it within that framework. The minute you come over and capstone it, like, well, a warlock can do this, and a hunter can do this, that gets really, really tough to balance, I think, because you're leaving the weapon at that point. You're getting out of the framework of the weapon's design, and you're and you're, you're tacking things on that could potentially become problematic. Because if, if, a, if a weapon rears its head as being too strong, you address the weapon. If a weapon in the hands of a warlock is too strong, now you have to address a very specific, like, niche thing. It's like this very narrow, like, oh, we got to go in and we got to tweak this benefit that the warlock gets instead of just tweaking the weapon itself. Aquarius, just join your Q&A with the questions been asked. It feels like grinding or chasing guns is not fun. Should the grind be fun all the time or some of the time? I'm not sure where you're getting that from the questions that have been asked if you try to argue that grinding for weapons isn't fun then you shouldn't play destiny and you probably haven't been playing destiny since its inception that's that's like one of the main engines of grind and one of the main pursuits the game has had for the last five years is chasing weapons fatebringer galahorn god roll is lunas god roll matadors uh genesis chain you know 
trying to get god rolls out of the gunsmith. Like, chasing weapons is part and parcel to an F, a first-person shooter action MMO game. It's an RPG action MMO game, and it's a shooter. Chasing guns is just automatically wrapped up into that game's identity. You're gonna be chasing weapons. Now, if you're more casual and you don't really feel that pull and that draw, but you like the weapons, okay? This is why Menagerie was so liked and so lauded and so praised. Match made. Can't fail. You get a bunch of loot at the end. And the hardcore players can really chase the god roll. This is why I said generosity scales down so well because casuals can get the weapon and hardcores can chase the weapon. Do you see the difference? Like if you're more casual, you can get the weapon. It's not hard for you to get the weapon. There's a, that's accessibility. You get the weapon. You like it. It's fun. You got a decent roll, right? But the hardcore player, me, I can just go, go, go. Day in, day out. Day in, day out. I want this god roll. I'm chasing it. That's why generosity is, I think, so important to the future of Destiny's framework because if you're like, dude, chasing weapons is boring, to a certain extent, I don't know how big of a fan of Destiny you might be if you don't like chasing gear. That's essentially what the game is. But if you're like, I don't want to chase the weapon all week, that's why generosity is such a smart move because it empowers sort of everybody to have what I call organic longevity however long you feel like chasing that weapon is completely up to you if you want the god roll or a good roll if you play 10 hours a day or 10 hours a week that longevity how long you engage with that content is completely up to you it's not dictated by some arbitrary number run a hundred strikes kill 50 mini bosses right micro grinds are nice but i think that's why loot chase with with RNG is so helpful because it just you're you're choosing how long you want to chase. Next question is from Bumble Seventeen. Can limited time events have weapons that are any good? They've done it in the past with the horror story and the vow. They weren't great, and then people miss out on a, is the potential problem. If there's a month long activity and event, and the weapons can like drop from the bosses in the EAZ. And you miss out and don't get one, I don't freaking care. It's a month-long event, so if that seems harsh, I'm, I guess I'm, I'm not really sorry. Like, if it's a month-long event and you're like, oh, I didn't get a gun, what the frick were you doing? You know, again, generosity. We just talked about it, right? Generosity kind of solves this problem. Well, the drop rate was so low, I played every day for two weeks and never got the gun to drop. You don't want that to happen, right? Now, if you're like, could they even be any good? Like, the horror story and the vow weren't that great. Even if they just look cool, if you had, like, four weapons that kind of looked similar to the aesthetic of the armor, and they just had your garden variety rolls, you know, a rampage outlaw hand cannon, a trench barrel something or other shotgun, and a backup plan fusion rifle, and a spike nade grenade launcher. Who the frick cares? Like, it's something, it's something extra. It's something to keep you in that pool. Like, I'm grinding the mini-bosses, frick, but you might get a such-and-such. Such. You might get this to drop, you know? It kind of keeps you in there. 
So in when I when I look at yeah, like the avalanche was great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's that, there's one. There's one. And that was fun trying to get a good roll on the avalanche. You know? Dark skills. Should you be able to choose what item drops from your Vanguard Crucible Gambit Ingram, assuming you've obtained one already from random drops? Should you be able to choose what item drops? I mean, if you're turning in a milestone, I think at the very least you should be you should be able to pick armor or weapon. That's just more control over your leveling. Right? Especially if you're playing with multiple characters. You get on your second and third character, you don't need guns for a while. You need armor. And so being able to be like, you know what? I'm going to do my milestones and I'm going to pick armor. It, that's helpful. And then once you're done with all that, then you can go into the more intentional grinds. Ada's bounties, the menagerie, you know, things that you know I need a helmet, I need boots, and you can target those items. Giving us more control over our leveling experience, I think, would be a win for everybody. You would feel more empowered to go do a Crucible Milestone if you knew, I don't really like Crucible, but I can tell Crucible Milestone to give me a piece of armor, because that's what I need right now, right? By the way, if you guys are just tuning in, we're waiting on reset. There might be a special quest, so we're going to be ending Q&A really soon. So stick around if you want to see if there's an extra quest. Also, if you've enjoyed this content and you've been enjoying listening, be sure to click the follow button. That's the heart button. We'll be doing another talk and Q&A segment shortly as well called Stream Stop. Uh, We're going to be talking about Ninja leaving Twitch. So if you're enjoying the content, stick around, click follow, hang out. We're going to check out the reset and see if anything cool is coming to the game. So... I think, yeah, at a ground level, giving us more control over our leveling, letting you pick what you get from a milestone is a really, really good idea. Um, because, you know, if if we're going to be giving a level bump every time, right, whenever there's new content, if you're giving people a level bump, it just makes sense to me to say, let's make that process fun and let's make that process streamlined. Don't you don't need to make it painful. What's gained by making it painful and elongated? Like what, you know, what how's that help anybody? You know, M Halls with 2 months welcome back. I don't think it's going to be a Galahorn quest. I think it's going to be a uh, Dragon's Breath quest. I think they're going to save Galahorn. If Galahorn comes back, it's 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 going to be used for like a DLC promotion. I think it's going to be Dragon's Breath. That's more in line with Solar Week. It won't be... It'll be maybe something we can't even complete until next week with Iron Banner. And I believe next week Iron Banner is also... They're they're calling it Solar Week, maybe? I don't know. Um, But that would be my speculation. Aquarius says, I misworded the question to add on. I meant the loopable content for gun chasing. I don't mind doing forges over and over for god rolls, but not every loopable content is fun. Well, that's subjective, right? If you're like, oh, the loopable forges was fun, there's somebody right next to you that's like, I didn't think it was fun at all, right? I love running a Nightfall over and over again for a, a, a roll on a gun. I loved running Warden's Warden of Nothing for a Warden's Law. I loved doing it. There are people that are like, that sucks, Lono. I hate doing that, right? <laughs> they hate it. So that's subjective. Like, if you think a grind is fun, there's some people next to you that are like, I don't like that. This is why intentionality and generosity are so important because Menagerie, even if you weren't a big fan of Menagerie, 
you were probably going to stay in there because you're like, dude, I'm getting so much stuff. I'm getting so much loot and I get to choose what the loot is. Like, right? It was, it was very, very rewarding. So even if your subjective experience of the content is like not a high, high 10 out of 10, at the very least, you're getting stuff for your time. It's glow. Talking about leveling, do you think we will go over a thousand light over the next few seasons after Shadowkeep? No idea. I don't know what their plan is for leveling. Because a lot of us thought maybe Solstice was going to take us up to 800. It didn't. So Shadowkeep could easily take us to 950. That's you know 200 power level jump. I don't know. Maybe they're just going to do really, really small power bumps over you know every time so shadow keep will be a small bump and every annual pass after that will be a small bump i don't know they haven't said dark skills how often do you think we should be soft reset like taking king forsaken rise of iron with uncommon and rare items do you think this will they will do this in shadow keep number one they're not doing that in shadow keep okay they're not they haven't if they if they were they would have said something they're giving us like a soft motivation to chase the new stuff armor 2.0 etc and so they're not doing that in Shadowkeep. So I would expect them to... I think it should happen every year. I think it should happen every year. Everything should have a, a 12-month life cycle. Anything you got in Black Armory has a 12-month life cycle. Anything you got in Solstice of Heroes or or um, Season of Opulence has a 12-month life cycle. So, oh, I just got all this stuff from Soul from from Season of Opulence. You mean it's getting it's getting re, it's getting taken away? It can't level up? No, it's infusible, and you can level it up and take it into new content for twelve months. So, August or July of twenty twenty is when that stuff would start to get gated off and couldn't be leveled up anymore. Now, keep in mind that doesn't mean you can't use it. You can still use that gear in strikes, daily story missions public events, PvP that's not light level enabled, um, adventures, nightfalls if you don't turn the handicap on super high, right? You'd still be able to use it, but it would be that soft push to be like, well, you've had this gear for 12 months, you can't infuse it anymore. If you want to, you know, so that way there's always a chunk of your inventory kind of falling off and there's like vacancies every once in a while not your whole inventory you know just pieces of it my squad adjust do you think the raid weapons were more worthwhile in d1 versus d2 to me it feels like they aren't worth raiding the trouble of raiding compared to other rewarding farming sources raid weapons in destiny 2 suck period there's nothing special about them no unique perks Nothing special about them. Nothing powerful. Arguably, the uh, Crown of Sorrows weapons are a joke. They're a joke. They're not good. There's nothing special about them. Oh, but the exotics. The Taraba? Really? I mean, 1K voices and anarchy, okay. But the entire weapon pools in... in There's nothing special about them. They have their equal everywhere else in the game there there are hand cannons pulse rifles shotguns auto rifles everything you can get in a raid okay everything you can get in a raid you can basically get elsewhere and you can probably get it quicker with more intentionality probably right 
Inaugural address and midnight coup are still good. Sure, but that's like two guns out of how many raids? How many raids? If you add in the raid layers, I mean, come on. Curated Nation of Beasts is the best PvE hand cannon in the game. Literally, provably false. You can prove that's false with math. It's it's not. It's not at all. As far as aim assist, damage efficiency, crit multipliers on kinetic hand cannons, no, it's not. It's great that you like it, but it's not at all. I mean, there's been 10 raids. Is that is that number right? If you count the raid layers, there was three with Leviathan, and then you had... Um, then you had four with... Right? With Last Wish. And then you had... Uh, frick, I'm forgetting their names. Uh, Spare Rations? Spare Rations is from Reckoning. Um... I'm forgetting all the names of the raids now. There's been a bunch. Yeah, Scourge of the Past. I forgot about Scourge. I couldn't remember the name. I could picture the raid in my mind. <clears throat> yeah, there's been six in D2. I was going to say, ten felt too too high. There's been six raids, and there's like a, a, you, a handful. You can literally count on one hand like how many weapons are really worth it. Right? A, a couple. Everything else has its equal elsewhere. That doesn't make sense. Mr. Anderson. Hey, Lono, do you know or has Bungie hinted at the cores being taken out of the game? No, they're, they've not hinted at it at all, and they've given you more ways to earn them, so they're probably not going anywhere. An ASMR nightmare. Finishing move animations. I'm not sure how I feel about this. Your thoughts? I think they sound cool, and they're going to have perks and benefits, like feeding your teammates ammo and stuff. I think it's neat. It'll be like Doom. You know, in Doom, you can see when an enemy can be finished, and when you finish them, you get something from them. You get um, ammo and no you get health you get health from them and a little bit of ammo you get tons of ammo when you chainsaw somebody in doom so it's a similar idea there'll be benefits to doing it the bird sea assuming they made raid weapons special enough to be desirable to chase do you think they should add intentionality to raids bad luck protection or just as you said letting people get non-powerful let me get non-powerful rewards It'd be better for LFG, it'd be better for clans, it'd be better for people that raid every week. It'd be probably, it might even be better for, uh, what's it called? Um, what, oh, um, guided games. It might be better for guided games because people are like, dude, I, I'm going to keep going, right? Maybe your drop rate's higher when you're guiding, you know, doing a guided game or something. I don't know. If you're doing a guided games with, with people that you've, that are not on your friends list that you've never played with before, Maybe you get an increased drop rate for non-powerfuls. Maybe you get like double the drops to put more experienced players into guided games to help people. See what I'm saying? Like, there's a lot they could do with raid grind that uh, would help. Uh, Dark skills. This is a frustration I personally came across. Should something like a PvP pinnacle weapon be required for something like Moments of Triumph Seal? This requirement will ultimately stop me from getting the title. Titles and seals, I don't have a lot of strong opinions on. As long as it's not RNG-based, I don't really care. If you knew that going into the season, you could set your sights on it and go for it. Nobody's stopping you from doing that. RNG was preventing people from getting seals and titles. That was stupid. Um, So, And again, guys, in four minutes, it's reset. So don't go anywhere. We're going to see if there's a new quest or some new thing in the game. There's a lot of rumors flying around. We're going to check that out and see if that's happening. If you're here live right now and you've enjoyed this... I do these all the time. It's a talk. It's a segment. It's Q&A. 
Uh, a lot of times I do this while I'm grinding. I kind of took a break so we could plow through more questions. I'll be doing another one of these segments today. It's called Stream Stop. It's about streaming and content creation. We're going to be talking today about Lin- uh, Ninja leaving Twitch. Ninja. Huh? Ninja leaving Twitch and going to Mixer. That'll be the topic. And there'll be Q&A. So we're right up against reset. So I'm going to chop it here. I do a little outro but keep on watching. Don't go anywhere. We're going to see if this quest is live. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always catch me live. Twitch.tv slash say no to rage. As with all of my content, appreciate you listening and watching. Please like, share, and subscribe.